0: Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni and Gioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about Quentin Tarantino's latest film and his love letter to old Hollywood. That is, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So this movie follows a faded television actor and his stunt double who strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. Um, This movie came out in 2019. And I feel like it was a little bit polarizing. Um, I feel that the general sentiment I got, at least from reviews and just the general conversation about it, was that uh, a lot of people loved the whole um, laid back kind of vibe to it. The fact that not a ton really happens and that it's just kind of like um, two guys talking and driving around old Hollywood and that you know, you you really either liked it or you didn't, Um, and I feel like it was hard for me to kind of gauge the general consensus, because obviously it was nominated for Academy Awards, and, and, you know, the general, like, film critics and um, Quentin Tarantino fans were obviously into it, but then for a lot of other people, I feel I got the sense that they thought it was too long or a little bit meandering, and you know, that there was stuff to appreciate about it, but that overall it was a little bit of a miss for QT. Um, I would say I lean a little bit towards the latter. I think that this movie is very entertaining. I really, really do. I really enjoy the banter between the two main characters. They are so good together, and um, it's just cool to see these actors who to us are like these larger-than-life mythic figures Kind of just be chill guys. I mean, some of my favorite stuff in this movie is when they're just like hanging out. Um, when they're like kicking it on the couch and talking about that show that they made, and they're like, Oh, here comes the punch, or here comes the- oh, look at that jump, you know, whatever. And you just you're seeing the screen and you're just hearing their commentary. That was some of my favorite stuff in the movie. Um, I really enjoyed uh like just Anything where it was them just hanging out and and kicking it. And I think that they have a really great chemistry together and that the best scenes were when they're together playing off one another. And in terms of characters, I think that Leonardo DiCaprio was maybe one of my favorites in any Tarantino movie ever. I love that he is kind of a, a star who's starting to burn out, you know, and he's trying desperately to hold on to his superstar status and to be as famous as he was back when he was on this hit TV show and to try to prove that he still has that in him. But it's very difficult for him and and you can see it. And like the conversation that he has with himself in the mirror where he's like, you're going to go out there and you're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. You have to prove all of them wrong. I'm Rick fucking Dalton. And he's like hyping himself up. And then the scene where he's talking to that little girl about the book uh, and he's he's you know crying about how much he relates to it and how he's he's saying like in 15 years you'll be living it or whatever it is. Uh, those were some of my favorite scenes. They were so real and like emotionally raw that I really enjoyed them. They're just like the type of things that you don't ever see in a lot of these movies. A lot of the times when you see movies about old Hollywood, it's com- it's strictly about the glitz and the glamour, and you don't really see like sometimes the the really like human downsides to a lot of stuff, you know, the the moments where actors have to hype themselves up because they feel like they're failing or the moments where they need to ask for lines and everyone's pissed off at them because they can't seem to get, you know, their stuff together and just make the movie. And like, they're trying and trying to, to figure out what they can do to keep their career afloat. And it's just not really working out. All that stuff I thought was done very, very well. Uh, I think just in general, to circle back to that scene with the little girl, that was one of the best scenes in maybe any Quentin Tarantino movie as well. That was a really, really good scene. That actor was super good. Um, She was like a really incredible child actor. I think that there are adults who have trouble pulling off Tarantino dialogue and she did it masterfully. I mean, just you totally buy into the fact that she's that smart and that quippy and just that, that, you know, snappy and fast. Like it doesn't seem forced or like a kid pretending to be, you know, this kind of heightened character. It just seems like this is this kid. And I really, I really liked that whole scene. It was, it was very emotional. It was kind of seemingly random, but then you start to see how it's, it's fleshing out. Um, the the arc of Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and I really enjoyed all of that. And in terms of actual filmmaking, this is a very well directed movie, as always. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is not really gonna put together a, a, a visually unappealing movie or something that doesn't feel like it was perfectly planned out. I mean, this guy has a great handle on um, everything that he is putting on the frame. And there's a lot of moments where things are very well framed, like through shadows, the shot of Cliff walking up the stairs to that ranch house. That was a really, really cool shot. That one really struck me. Um, there's a lot of shots of them driving that are just really, really incredible. I mean, people have said it before, but I'll say it again, the set design and the way that this movie kind of seamlessly puts you back into that world of old 60s Hollywood is flawless. I mean, the the cars, the clothes, the ads, the billboards, everything, the buildings, it all looks perfectly period appropriate. And I love just hanging out in that world and spending time there. There's a lot of movies that have period settings like this, but they don't like steep you in it to the degree that this one does. This one has the old ads, the old style, interviews, um, the really cheesy acting, and like when you see some of the clips of uh, the movies that that uh, that Cliff and Rick made together, like they just do such a good job of picking everything perfectly to just. Put you in this world as best as possible it really seems like a movie that was made back then and just transported to now and i think that is really really impressive uh so when it comes to just the scenes of like driving through la i mean just when it comes to the 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 background and everything and the lights and the billboards and all that scenery it looks beautiful and just in terms of shooting the driving which is not as easy as it sounds uh, the the driving is very well shot in this. It's very frenetic uh, when it when it like it speeds up and everything. And then there's they managed to work in some really good shots when uh, even when it's moving slower. It's a, just it's really really good. I think that was one of the highlights of the movie. Uh, when it comes to maybe my oh actually hold on before I get to to my main complaint with the movie. I think that Quentin Tarantino, if he's really so set on this stupid 10 movies and then I'm out, shit, um, I think he should direct a horror movie as his last movie. I know that Death Proof is technically a horror movie, but it's so like comical and so clearly designed to be more of an exploitation movie than really a true horror movie. I think that this would be enough of new territory um, the stuff with the hippies, whether it be on the ranch in broad daylight or at night when they're, you know, they're walking up to, at first they're gonna kill Sharon Tate, but then they obviously pivot to, um, to Rick Dalton's house. I mean. Masterful, it's really amazing stuff that, like, that is all so well done. I love the eerie vibe and just like how generally creepy all of that is, especially the stuff at night just all of them walking in shadow and all the features of their faces and everything they're just hidden by these pools of black and you can't see anything and you just see their knives and it's really creepy it's really effective and in in particular the stuff at the ranch the tension that's built there the way everybody who's looking at um cliff as he's walking up the stairs and like trying to go meet that guy that he knew from his past the way everybody's looking and and just the the expressions the way they're shot the angles the you know the creepy little details of like the flies and how dirty and disgusting that house looks it's so well done and it made me really, really wish that he would totally commit to that for a, a whole movie. I would love to see what Tarantino's take on a horror film would be. I think that would be so much fun. And if this is a nice case study for that, I think he knocks it out of the park. Um, also, I really enjoyed the hidden exposition in this movie. There's a lot of moments where you think something is just a throwaway gag or, you know, uh, like just a kind of a cool scene. And then it comes back in a very surprising way. Um, When uh, a good example would be when Cliff is making dinner for his dog, which is also one of the most tightly edited sequences in a movie. I mean, I was so surprised by like how enthralled I was with the um, the filmmaking behind just Brad Pitt making a dog's dinner like that's it was so weird but it was so well edited and just like perfectly timed but it also gives you a feel for how exceptionally well trained his dog is so later on when he does the little with his teeth you know he like he like clicks his his teeth or whatever it like um it's something that you've seen happen before. And you know that the dog is like ready and perfectly trained to go lunge at the, you know, that Manson family member and just tear him apart. Like you didn't know it, but you were being taught something about the relationship between Cliff and his dog. So that, Later on, it pays off in a really interesting way, and then a similar thing happens with the flamethrower in that cheesy World War II movie that um, that Rick makes. You know, he's like, "I learned how to use the flamethrower and everything, and everything, and that stuff." And just like, "Oh, that's just a you know a cheesy clip from one of his movies." But then it comes back later at the very end when he uses it to light that that Manson family member on fire. Uh, And that was another thing where it's like set up that you didn't even realize was set up. And I think that stuff was really, really seamless and really, really cool. Uh, but when it comes to the Manson family stuff I think that this movie really falters for me in terms of it not really having a story I think this is why I said that I feel I lean a little bit more towards people who feel like this movie is like just too long and kind of meandering and honestly I don't think that I would be mad if it was like you know even a little bit longer or whatever I didn't feel like it dragged or anything Uh, And I think that everybody in this movie is really entertaining, and it's fun to watch it. But I just think that nothing happens for so much of it. Like, Quentin Tarantino makes a lot of long movies, but you still feel like it's earned a lot of the time because there's a plot. This one doesn't really have a plot. The villain is kind of... The fading star of Rick Dalton. And that's okay. Um, A a kind of a character study is a totally valid way to make a movie. But I think that because there's no real arc, he never like either gets it back or completely loses everything and um, has to build himself back up in some way or loses everything and learns about the value of something else in his life and moves on, you know, whatever it would be. Uh, You're not like tracking the history of this star from superstardom to, you know, declining status to rock bottom to some different form of coming back up on top, which also that's to be expected. I'm not trying to write a completely different movie here. This is Quentin Tarantino. I I know what to expect. Um, That's that's uh, obviously not the type of movie that he's going to make but I think that's why it feels like nothing's really happening for a very good portion of this movie, because it's just like two guys driving around and then they're like making a movie and then they're like watching a movie and then they're just like chilling in his you know backyard. Like he's, he's in the pool and then it's like, Oh, they're just hanging out and driving some more. And it, it just keeps like, just sort of, slow as molasses just going on and it doesn't it doesn't really have like a defined villain or defined anything really uh no goal no no nothing really it's just i don't know it feels to me like there should have been something more driving the plot because when the Manson's family stuff doesn't get included, it feels so random. Like it's complete happenstance that uh, Brad Pitt picks up that hitchhiker and then that she's going to spawn ranch and that she's then uh, knows his old producer buddy. And then he has that conversation with the producer buddy and it's like kind of weird. And then he beats the shit out of that hippie and then it's like, okay, we're done. And then it's again, complete happenstance that, Rick Dalton lives next to Sharon Tate and Rowan Polanski, and that he comes out in the drunken rage and and yells at them, and then they just happen to go to his house instead. Like it's an interesting idea um, that revisionists take on history, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, what are we really doing here? This isn't a conflict that's been brewing the whole movie. This is just a series of ra- a random happenstance. Like it that's why I think it feels like it's just kind of going nowhere for a good portion of this so i don't know that's why i'm a little bit more mixed on this one and i wish it had more of a clear story um but you know whatever that's all kind of personal preference when it comes to that actual final scene amazing like so good i was (laughs) one of the most satisfying things i've seen in a movie probably since them just absolutely lighting up hitler um like just destroying these stupid hippies like it was so oh my god um obviously I'm not, like, making any comment on their beliefs or, like, that whole hippie movement or whatever, or whatever. but in terms of the actual Manson family, I mean, these were just a bunch of fucking idiots, and they were really awful people in the end, and so I don't feel even a little bit bad when he's just, you know, hitting her head on the phone with dogs and mauling them, and then... He gets the flamethrower after that girl like falls into the pool. It's like, oh my god, they just they just do the most murder possible to these people. And honestly, I don't mind. Again, this is a better version of history than we actually got. So, yeah, that was that was just crazy, but it's a good scene, a very 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 good scene. Uh, also, great shot of. Cliff and his pool or sorry, Rick Dalton and his pool. And then it like pans, uh, pans like over and then down to Roman Polanski and, um, Sharon Tate getting into the car or whatever. That's a really, really good shot. Also, I know that it's that they're layered into the movie a little bit. You know, I could foresee someone being like, well, but it was brewing the whole movie that you seeing Sharon Tate and you're getting glimpses of like, you know, the bell tolling ever closer type thing. Like, but but like not really though I mean you are but they don't interact with Cliff or Rick it's just such a totally separate story and I think that's why it doesn't really click for me I don't know I just thought it was weird uh, I think I think that it could have been stronger in that department uh yeah yeah I don't know that's about all I have to say about this one though a little bit more of a mixed reaction um. I I enjoyed it overall, but I think it could have definitely been better. I'm still interested to see what he makes next. I hope it's uh, some sort of horror movie, like I said before. But whatever it is, I'll definitely be down for it. it it's, it's really cool to see such a departure from the more mainstream movies coming out now. See a true auteur who's just making exactly what he wants to make. Given no leash, you know, he's just doing whatever and going off and you know whatever direction that he feels is best for the movie and i think it makes for a really cool and very different film experience so i appreciate it in that way as well and i'm like like i said excited for whatever comes next all right uh, before getting out of here, I want to say that I am grateful for a pretty epic senior party. I'm not a senior, I'm a junior, but today is the last day for the seniors at my Votech Tech School. Uh, this is a while ago, once you're hearing this. Uh, it's been weeks, but on the day I'm recording this, um, it's after that senior party. And for the last, you know, couple of weeks, <laughs> uh, I've been pretty bored. I haven't really had anything to do at school. I've been done with all my work for a while now. So... Uh, This was a nice break from the monotony and just like a really, really fun experience and a chance to talk to a lot of classmates who I don't normally talk to that much. And I thought it was a lot of fun. So I'm grateful for that opportunity and that our teacher set it all up and got us food. Very nice of him. Very nice experience. Like I said, this is long gone after or by the time you hear this. But still, it's something that I was uh, happy about at the time. All right. You know the drill, rate If you subscribe your podcast, five stars is super helpful. After that, you can go ahead and tell a friend about the show if you think they would enjoy it. Uh word of mouth is a great way to spread the word about the show. And then you can check out moviesmorepod.com, which is linked in the description below. That's where you can find links to all the episodes that I've released so far and everywhere you can listen to them, as well as a whole lot more. So thank you for doing that and thank you in advance if you're going to. But in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. That's the most important thing you do for me. And yeah, until next time, I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker. <laughs> Peace.